and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Gisela Guiar, and every Saturday I'll be covering frequently asked questions as well as the history of the church, the Holy Land, the Bible, and or Bible prophecy. I pray that as you hear God's truth, that it will inspire you to study the Bible daily for yourself. I pray that God opens your heart, eyes, and mind to understand what the Holy Spirit is trying to tell you. And I pray that you find the hope, joy, and peace that only the living God, Jesus Christ, can give. Be blessed. A Bible study on 2 John. Even now, we must beware of the deception of false teachers. Doctrines of demons, false messiahs, false prophets, and false teachers. We were warned by Jesus, Peter, Paul, and in the short letter by John. From the first century to the 21st century, we have been deceived by churches, religions, and cults with demonic motives. We need to listen and understand to what John tried to tell us way back then. Let's dig in. We're in the epistle of 2 John. It's short. It's only one chapter. This letter is from John, the elder. I am writing to the chosen lady and to her children, the church God has chosen and its members, whom I love in the truth, as does everyone else who knows the truth. Because the truth lives in us and will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, and peace, which come from God the Father and from Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, will continue to be with us who live in truth and love. Live in truth. How happy I was to meet some of your children and find them living according to the truth, just as the Father commanded. I am writing to remind you, dear friends, that we should love one another. This is not a new commandment, but one we have had from the beginning. Love means doing what God has commanded us, and he has commanded us to love one another, just as you heard from the beginning. I say this because many deceivers have gone out into the world. They deny that Jesus Christ came in a real body. Such a person is a deceiver and an antichrist. Watch out that you do not lose what we have worked so hard to achieve. Be diligent so that you receive your full reward. Anyone who wanders away from this teaching has no relationship with God. But anyone who remains in the teaching of Christ has a relationship with both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to your meeting and does not teach the truth about Christ, don't invite that person into your home or give any kind of encouragement. Anyone who encourages such people becomes a partner in their evil work. Conclusion. I have much more to say to you, but I don't want to do it with paper and ink, for I hope to visit you soon and talk with you face to face. Then our joy will be complete. Greetings from the children, members of your sister church, chosen by God. And that's Second John, the only chapter. A warning about false teachers for us today. Back then, around 92 AD, there were false teachers going around to the various churches denying Jesus' humanity. They were the Gnostics. Today we have the Roman Catholics who lift up Mary and the saints equal to Jesus' deity, eat a wafer claiming to be his body, deny the sufficiency of his death and resurrection in absolving us from our sins, 
among other false doctrines. And if you want to know what those other false doctrines are, I did a deep dive on who invented all this stuff because it was invented by man with the help of Satan. And then we have the Mormon church or the Latter-day Saints who say that Jesus is Lucifer's brother. The Jehovah's Witnesses claim that Jesus is less than God Almighty. The Eastern Orthodox Church believes that their painted icons embody the Holy Spirit. And they all call themselves Christian. Here's a quote from Skip Heitzig. It's, um, he did the Bible study on this chapter, this book, um, in the uh, free Bible app, Through the Word. And it's really simple. True love requires love for truth. John was writing to an early first century church. They met in people's homes, like many small groups today. Thus, there usually was a lady hostess. Not all of them could have a full-time teacher or preacher, so they were, there were many traveling preachers. Consequently, that is what it was like in the early days of the United States during the first Great Awakening. And if you want to read about that, I have a link over to Wikipedia that tells of all the traveling pastors, preachers of those, of those days. Now, John warned them to beware of false teachers. Do to not let them stay more than one day. The more people listen to the lies, a watered-down fake or twisted gospel, the more people would believe it. And Jesus warned us first. We're in Luke. And it, this is also in Matthew 24, Mark 13. And it's and Luke 17, starting in verse 5. Don't let anyone mislead you, for many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah, and they will deceive many. Paul warned us, 1 Timothy chapter 4, starting in verse 1. Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving, by those who believe and know the truth. Doctrines of demons. Forbidding to marry. One of the early doctrines of the Roman Catholic Church was prohibiting priests to marry. It was called a vow of celibacy, but it was really a vow not to marry. Hence, they had unwritten permission to have sex. However, they wanted it. Homosexual, heterosexual, as long as they didn't get married. History tells us of immoral sexual behavior of supposedly pious Roman Catholic priests and even nuns. And you must read this book. It's in my bookstore. There's a link in my blog, or you can go to the bookstore. It's called A Woman Rides the Beast by Dave Hunt. Pastor Sandy Adams sums it up very nicely. Here's John's theme, love in truth. First John told us, and if I, I have a link to the Bible study on First John. First John told us, if we love God, we'll love our brother. But here we're told real love never ignores the truth. God's love is always in harmony with God's truth. If ever our love causes us to ignore the truth, if in the name of love we tolerate, gloss over, or accept a falsehood, Realize we're not exhibiting the true love of God. 
Real love affirms and, and supports God's truth. And in today's can't offend tolerant of everything watered down world, many churches have adopted a love supreme unity at all costs type of mentality. To them, nothing is as important as love, peace, and unity. Apparently, they've forgotten the words of Jesus in Luke chapter 12, verse starting verses 51 to 53. And I'm going to read from the New King James Version. This is part of his quote. The Lord said, do you suppose that I came to give peace on earth? I tell you not at all, but rather division. For from now on, five in one house will be divided, three against two and two against three. Father will be divided against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And, and continuing with um, Pastor Sandy Adams' quote, Jesus said that he would draw a line in the sand. Jesus came to confront us with the truth about God and life and us, and we're forced to make decisions that put us at odds with folks who choose the opposite. Sometimes friction even erupts in the same family. And I know several examples of that. Not everyone humbles themselves and receives the truth. It's been said, you shall know the truth and the truth can make you mad. To insist on unity at all costs glosses over the reality of objective truth, God's truth. To suggest that Christians, Muslims, Hindus, atheists, and Mormons should just forget their differences and love one another as brothers is, uh, is ridiculous to coexist. As Christians, we should love all people and seek to lead them to Jesus. But for us to embrace them as, a, as family is to deny the truth that saves us and defines us. Real love will never deny God's truth. And to suggest it really doesn't matter what you believe, that doctrine is irrelevant, that all should matter to us as love is total naivety about what the Bible teaches. The notion that truth is irrelevant is straight from the pit of hell. Your doctrine will determine your destiny. Doctrine of demons. Having love and even faith is not enough. The real question is, can the object of your faith save you? Just because a baby can suck a bottle is no guarantee he or she will grow up healthy. It depends on the contents of the bottle. Likewise, faith alone will never save. Faith and love has to be grounded in truth. Today, we must rely on the Holy Spirit to help us discern the truth. How do we know if a preacher is teaching the true gospel? Well, by reading the true gospel for ourselves. Just like bank tellers learn how to recognize a counterfeit bill by studying the real thing, we must study the word of God. That way, when we hear something or read or hear, hear or read something that just doesn't seem right, we go back to the source to verify it. Ultimately, faith and love need to be grounded in truth. Jesus said, John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Notice it wasn't, I am a way, a truth, and a life. Uh -uh. The way, the truth, and the life. The only way, the only truth, the only way to life, everlasting life. Do you know the truth? Do you know Jesus?
Furthermore, Jesus didn't suffer torture and die, carrying the weight of all our sins, God's wrath, so that we can have religion. He died so he can have a personal relationship with you. And he's knocking at the door of your heart. And he told us in Revelation 3.20, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Is it about time you let him in? If you're not sure if you're saved or not, if you truly want to be born again and have the assurance of salvation, receive the Holy Spirit, feel his shalom, a peace that surpasses all understanding, and get a one-way nonstop ticket to heaven after you die, or that you won't be left behind, at the rapture, which can happen in any moment. What you have to do is believe, have faith that Jesus is the Christ and he died taking your sins away forever and that he rose from the dead three days later. Repent of your sins, that is stop sinning. Do a complete 180 degree turn in your life and surrender your life to him. When you ask Jesus to forgive you, he will. All your sins will be wiped clean, past, present, and future, and all means all. Be baptized by water baptism. Show the world and yourself that you have died to your old life and are born again in Christ. Receive the gift of the Holy Spirit in your heart. So what are you waiting for? Invite Jesus into your heart and receive the gift of grace, joy, peace, and the confident hope of eternal life. If you don't know what to say, you don't know what to do, there's a prayer in the show notes, or you can click on over to my blog and click where it says, How to Know Jesus. In the bottom of today's blog, I have some really interesting videos. One is, can you summarize the Bible story in one word? That's Frank Turk. I love, I love his stuff. It's cross-examined. Another one, Mike Gendron, ex-Catholic, exposes the twisted teachings of the Catholic Church. Seek the truth. And from um, uh, yeah, Lemon Lion Ministries. Islam and Christianity, two roads to the same God? I don't think so. Again, seek the truth. Solideo Gloria, to God alone be the glory. Christmas is a fun time for parties and get-togethers with family and friends. If you're a born-again Christian, did you know that you have a mission field in your backyard with Catholic neighbors, friends, and family members? I'm Giselle Aguiar and I was born in Puerto Rico and raised Catholic. Now I'm a born-again Bible teacher reaching out to Roman Catholics who don't know the good news of Jesus' gift of grace. Have you ever wanted to start a conversation about the true salvation of Jesus with one of your Catholic friends or family members but just didn't know how? Maybe you hesitated because you didn't want to create animosity or start a battle. Well, that happened to me and I missed my chance to tell my cousin the truth and unfortunately he passed away and I don't know if I'll see him in heaven. That's why I wrote the ebook, The Catholic Mission Field in Your Backyards, and I'm giving it away for free. It's a guide to help you born again believers start that crucial talk with a Catholic person in your life. Now's the perfect time to bring it up before it's too late. Check it out, it's free. If you're just starting to read the Bible and prefer to hold a book in your hands rather than use an app, it's a good idea to get a study Bible. But which version or translation is best? There are too many to choose from. 
As a former Catholic, it helped me to have a Bible translation in plain everyday English. When I first started going back to church, a well-meaning friend told me to get a King James Version. Well, guess what? I got frustrated with the these and the thous and stopped reading it, totally defeating the purpose. Eventually, I got the new international version, and that was great for a new Christian to get into the habit of reading the Bible daily. Today, I also study from the New Living Translation. I'm an affiliate of Christian Book Distributors, and I've chosen two study Bibles that would be great for the new Christian believer. Check them out. The link is in the show notes. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of Scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times. But know that things aren't falling apart, they are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20-22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3.9, The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish, but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory.